It's about that time. Fat Mike, Chicago Sports. Yeah. Finally here, finally here. Shot City Sports is right here. Updates on news, get it here. The rumors, cause we keep it real. Fat Mike. Sit back, relax, check a beer one of them nights. Hey, this is Carmen DeFalco from ESPN Chicago, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Sports Show. This is Chuck Arfine, and you are listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. It's the best! Hi, this is Jesse Rogers for the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey, everyone. I'm Scott Merkin, the longtime White Sox beat writer for MLB.com and proud graduate of the University of Michigan. You listen to me on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey, this is Dave Richard from CBS Sports, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Hey, Sparkle, you know what I listen to? It's the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show with my guy, Fat Mike. Would you listen anywhere else? No shot. Listen to Fat Mike. He's the best. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I am always your host, Fat Mike, and co-hosting with me again this week is my guy and new member of 1252 Sports Entertainment, Angelo Camacho, from his podcast at Sport Court AC. So if you guys aren't following him, make sure you guys go and give him a follow right this second. Drop everything that you're doing and go give him a follow. Follow him. Again, that's at Sport Court AC. Angelo, my man, welcome back. How you doing? Good, man. How are you tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. You and I were talking pre-show Excellent. here a little bit. Like I was telling you, I have uh, the the other night, the old lady and I had a campfire. We were hanging out, having a good time, and I have two mosquito bites, man. Two. I got yeah. two mosquito bites the entire night, and it just so happens that one is on my right big toe, and the other one is on my left big toe. So I'm sitting here scratching each toe with the other foot, and it's driving me absolutely insane. I don't know how I'm going to be able to sit steady. Or sit steady for this entire show. But, yeah, that's what I got going yeah. for me. How about you? Yeah, man. Uh, not much, not much. Nothing worse than mosquito bites, especially on your toes. It's like the, the worst place you Jeez, can get them. I'd much rather have a paper cut across the mouth, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mosquito that's, bites. That's less annoying. Mosquito bites, mosquitoes fucking suck, dude. They have absolutely no purpose whatsoever <laughs> besides bats eat them. That's it. I'm pretty sure that's the only. Yeah, just, just to piss people right, off. Just to annoy people. Like, but you know yeah. what else annoys people? Well, it annoys me anyway. Are the fucking St. Louis Cardinals? They annoy the shit yeah. out of me, dude. They've been beating up on yeah. on the city of Chicago all week here, and it's like, you know, a team that hasn't played in fucking five weeks, or it seems like five weeks, comes into town seems and just like kicks it. our ass. The White Sox ass kicks the Cubs ass. I'm tired. Of, I'm, I'm tired of this. Mosquitoes and the St. Louis Cardinals can all eat a big bag of dicks. That's I mean that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Yeah, they're all they're on the same level for me too as well. Oh, yeah, what, they're on that it's, level. It's fucking terrible, man. I'm telling you, it's garbage. It's garbage. But like I said, Angelo, we got we we have a tonight. We have a great show, Angelo. I don't know if you've been following all the Twitter stuff, but uh, well, I do know that you've been following the Twitter stuff. Of course. But we have of course we I got have. a bunch. Of, we got a we got some big names heading off of this night. We got uh, bringing back a good show friend, Dan Borski. He's a senior writer over at Fangraphs. Going to be a lot of fun having him back. Like I said before, this man. Angelo, this guy is a computer, okay? Like, he is Google when it comes to fantasy baseball. Or not even fantasy baseball. When it comes to statistics in baseball, this man is the spreadsheet for baseball. Like, he is amazing. He knows 
all these crazy oddball numbers, and I'm excited to bring him back for sure. And it, we're going to ask him the chances of and the lately outcomes, statistically speaking, of both our Cubs and White Sox tonight. But not only that, but we also have our our friend Salim coming on, who's uh he, he's on a podcast with another gentleman, and the podcast is Bold Go. Uh, I'm sorry, Bulls Gold Podcast. Every time I say that, I I always want to say Bo, Bulls Coast or Gold Coast. <laughs> Because it's, I don't know. Cause yeah, it's a little the, bit of a tongue twister. There, you know, the, the podcast. But Bulls yep, Gold Podcast, yep. these guys know their shit, man. They know basketball, and I'm excited to bring him on tonight with us, too. Where we can talk, finally, the Bulls fucking fired that bum Jim Boylan. Okay, I'm super excited That's about so that. It's about time the Bulls are making some moves. I was on the bandwagon. Yep. Hashtag Sylvie for fucking Bulls GM for like the longest time. You know, uh, our buddy Mark Silver yep, already yep. SP 1000. Yep. I was on that train for a long time. But, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to bring both of these guys on here with us tonight, Angelo. It's a huge show again tonight. Hopefully we can limit all the technical issues like we had last week. But, uh, yeah. So, Angelo, it's been uh, an up and down roller coaster of a week here on Chicago Sports, man. Since you and I have it done... It has been. Uh, exactly. Since you and I have done one of these, uh, these silly little podcasts that we do, these little doodads, in the last week a ton of stuff has come up, man. We've got the Cubs playing in Bizarro World as their recent last two weeks where they can't hit the fucking ball and striking out a bunch, but then their bullpen looks somewhat decent, but they're still losing games. All right, we got the Sox battling and going back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs. Four home runs in a row the other day. That was fucking unreal. I've I've only seen that one other time, and, man, going back-to-back-to-back-to-back, that's something. Okay, they're playing decent baseball at the moment. And we had the Blackhawks look really good in Game 4 and mm-hmm. completely shit the bed in Game 5 here with us. And then, like I said like I said earlier, the Bulls finally fire that poop dick Jim Boylan. It's about time. <laughs> it's been a very busy yep. week here in Chicago for us, and I'm loving every second of it. But, Angelo, which one do you want to touch on first, man? Uh, well, since uh, the Hawks are the freshest... Why don't we talk about some Blackhawks? All right, yeah, I mean, the Hawks, they, man, oh, man. I t- they, they wouldn't be where they are without Corey Crawford coming back. I will say that. Right. But this team looks old. They look slow. My prediction uh-huh. of this team, I, I thought they, they had a chance to beat the Golden Knights the other, the other day. I predicted the Hawks in seven. And I was wrong, Angelo. Man, I, I got man, they stomped my dick in the dirt. Vegas was like they. I think they heard my prediction, and was like, "No, nah, not gonna happen, bud. Not gonna happen." Yep. And after a yep. very good game four performance, and you know, it was one of those things. In game one, I thought the Hawks had a legit chance to actually win that game, ringing a couple off the posts there and stuff like that. And it was, you know, oh man, like I was just super excited for it, and. It just it, it didn't it didn't work. You know what I mean? Nothing. Yep. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Okay, these young kids, they these young kids, they just they couldn't do it. And the oh. old guys weren't necessarily there either. For right, I mean, not the old guys, but you know, like, I'm talking Taze Kane. Keith right, is fucking right. fifty five years old for crying out loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still skating twenty eight minutes yeah. a game. Right. I mean. It, if you think about it in terms of like how long Kane and Taves have been playing for the Hawks, you know, they went on those three Stanley Cup runs. That's a that's a bunch of extra hockey on their bodies. 
you know, and, and like you said, it is, there are a few young guys on there who, when we talked last week, you asked me to be honest with right. you about what my prediction for the Hawks were. And honestly, I thought after game two or after game three, when they lost, I was like, okay, they're going to get swept. Right. I was pleasantly surprised to see them come out with some fire for game four and play kind of like the Hawks of old where they had a lot of energy. They were, they were throwing the puck at the net and they were just, they were like bulldogs in the defensive zone. Right. And then last night hit and obviously game four, Corey Crawford was out of this world, but last night hit and then everything kind of came crashing back to reality. Right. Uh, that, that, that butterfly feeling of, Oh man, the Hawks are in it. They won a game. Anything's possible. To, oh man, was it really the right move for them to advance to get into the playoffs, knowing that they gave up the possibility of getting that first overall pick? Right. I mean, that's kind of where I was at too. Like, I, I we had Carmen on a few weeks back, um, and I had asked Carmen to Defel- Carmen DeFelco from ESPN Chicago One Thousand. I asked him. What would be the better? What would be the the go to move right now? Would it rather be to get bounced by Edmonton and get the for sure twelve and a half percent chance of getting that first overall pick, or to win the cup? I mean, or to make a deep run, not to win the cup, but to make a deep run? Okay, right, right. And it's he was kind of tossed in the question too, but he was kind of you know more leaning towards, hey, I'd much rather the, the Hawks shit the bed now. And get that that twelve and a half percent chance to get that number one overall pick because twelve and a half percent out of eight teams is actually a very good percentage that you can land. And right. They, I mean, right. I, and I go back to this man. This team needs to rebuild because the Nylander is a fucking dude. That dude's a turd sandwich. He the entire series. I mean, healthy scratches and you traded big number one overall picks for yep. this fucking guy. And this dude yep. blows. All right, this dude sucks, right? If you're healthy yep. scratching this guy and you're trading him for high-quality, high-valued fucking players that you had drafted before, why are you even? Why is this guy even on the playoff roster at this point? And yep. then you move up John, Quen- or, yeah, John Quenville to the first line. John Quenville shouldn't even be playing NHL hockey. I've played better talent yep. in the fucking beer league that I'm in. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know you've got to be kidding me with this team. And one thing I will say yeah. is this, Angelo, is that if this team wants to be back to their the the, the cup lore type of years where they were there, and whatever you want to say, man, call it what you want. I'm calling three championships in six years a fucking dynasty. I don't care. I 2010, 2013, and 2015, that's a dynasty, man. That's a dynasty. Yep. Okay? But if you want to get back to that, you got to break this fucking thing down, man. You got to push it all yep. over. And start fresh. Whether that means you trade Keith, you trade Kane, you trade Taze, and don't sign Crawford. You you have young yep. pieces here in Kirby Doc, in um, uh, Kubalik. Kubalik. You got exactly. You, yep. That could be your new Taze and Kane. All right. But then do you keep right. the veteran presence of having Jonathan Taze, of having a Jonathan or uh, Patrick Kane? I say right now you have to move on from Crawford. And all of his injuries. Yes. Like, you, you have yep. to move on. Okay, you really do. You have to move on from Crawford. The only, the only thing I would say about the Crawford thing is, like, the Blackhawks know what they have with Corey Crawford, right? So you're familiar with that. So you know what kind of goalie he is, 
what he's going to do in the net for you. He is getting older. And then if you go out and look for another goalie, you know, it's not always going to be something that works out. I personally think that they messed up by letting Robert Leonard go. I thought he would have been somebody they should have kept in the building, tried to resign him, even if it was just for one year, you know, let him be the goalie for that year to show you what he has. Um, I like your idea about it's time to really break this team up. I agree. And it sucks Um, because there's so much fucking passion behind those years. I sat on my couch in my living room, in my mom and dad's living room, rooting for Jonathan Taze, rooting for Patrick Kane, rooting for Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. And, yep. and, and Corey Crawford, you know, the, the, I mean, talking about that now, Angelo. As I'm sitting here, I mean, I could show you through the Skype machine here. I got goosebumps Price, talking goosebumps. about those teams. Yep. Like they, they really were. They were that team that Vegas looked like this series. Where all fucking four lines scored. Okay, all four lines yep. scored. And this Hawks team, they look old. They look decrepit, and they got to get something going here. All right, and they have no defense. No, their man. defense I mean, is fucking tissue thin. It, it Corey Crawford can only do so much with the defense that he's given. Man, I mean, in Game Four, they should have lost that game. Right. The way that the Golden Knights played, they played as the better team. They had more shots on goal by a lot. They had more hustle, and Crawford was just out of this world. But then you look at Game Five, where if he didn't play out of this world, that's exactly what happens. The Hawks scored three goals, but they lost four to right. three. You know, without a defense, Corey Crawford is getting destroyed in the net, right. man. And that's the big question is, do you move on from Kane, Taves, and Corey Crawford? I think, like you said, I think it's possibly time for a new goalie. I do think one of those two, Kane or Taves, has to be moved. I would love to see both of them stay. But if you're asking which one's more valuable... Kane is obviously more valuable than Taze, especially as the offensive I go the way. I go the other way. Jonathan Taze showed you exactly what Jonathan Taze can do in this playoffs, in these last two playoff series, having a fucking face-off percentage of like almost damn near seventy percent. Without without a guy like Jonathan Taze, the Cubs the Cubs offense or the Cubs the 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 Blackhawks (laughs) offense doesn't even get the puck. Okay, I mean that's how you control a game is by winning face-offs and controlling the puck. And making smart shots on goal. Well, also, I right. mean, it's a five-tool thing, man. Jonathan Taze can do the same thing. I mean, I know they're on separate lines, but Jonathan Taze can do the same thing with a bunch of scrubs and putting forward chances and playing dirty hockey, being stationary right. in front of the net, getting those dirty goals like Sidney Crosby, being that guy that you need him to be. You're talking about a guy who off a year ago almost had 30 goals in a revamp season where he kind of came out of right. nowhere. All right, Patrick Kane on the other hand, you got Kubalik, you got Kirby Doc. You know, you got, I mean, okay, you know. But enough with the Blackhawks talk right now. Um, I want to get into the, the quick firehouse promo before we bring our guest Dan Saborski on. Uh, sorry that we didn't have enough time to talk more puck, guys. Believe me, I want to talk more puck too. But, but real quick, Angelo, here we go with the firehouse subs hook and ladder promo. Firehouse Subs family of restaurant owners and local crews are proud to continue to serve you the hot, hearty, and meaty subs you crave every single day. It's never been easier to grab their subs on the go for you or your entire family. With Firehouse Subs Rapid Rescue to Go, you can order online or on the Firehouse Subs app and they'll have your subs boxed, bagged, and ready for pickup at their designated to-go areas. 
No crowds, no lines, no waiting, no problem. Or get Firehouse Subs delivered right to your door with your favorite delivery app. Remember, Firehouse Subs was founded by firefighters, so being there to help serve their community, it's in their DNA. Plus, you can still order a variety of cold subs, salads, and dessert catering platters for groups as small as five. And when you order in Firehouse Subs app, you'll earn points you can redeem for free food like meal upgrades and free subs. A portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards providing life-saving equipment for first responders. This year, the contributors from Firehouse Subs and their suppliers will total a minimum, a minimum of $1 million to support first responders via the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. So guys, go on in, get your Firehouse subs, be there, they're the best, and this is coming from a fat guy, so you know they're the best. So eat Firehouse subs. Alright everybody, and welcome back, that was a little promo for Firehouse subs, and you guys know what time that is. That is the part of the show where we ask you the Firehouse hook and letter trivia question, you guys give us an answer in the chat, and you win a gift card to Firehouse Subs for a free sandwich and dessert and and drink and the whole nine. So uh, this week's Firehouse Hook and Ladder trivia question. Angelo, you ready for this one, man? This is a good one. This I is am. a good one. Okay. Who was the last Major League Baseball pitcher to win 30 games in a season? That's the question, guys. That's the question. So you guys in the chat, again, I'll give it to you one more time. Who was the last Major League Baseball pitcher to win 30 games in a year? So there we go. That's what we got, Angelo. It's a very good question. It's a tough question. I actually uh, single-handedly picked this one out tonight with Angelo. We did. We were sitting there going back and forth. We were looking up <laughs> tough trivia questions, and a lot of them were like, how big is a baseball? How big is a basketball hoop? You know, what, yeah. what did they use for a basketball before a basketball? You know, it's like, all right, you know, how did cavemen start fire? What does this have to do with sports? What the right. fuck is going on here? You know, how big was Babe Ruth's jockstrap? What? What? <laughs> you know, the, the answer to that one was two peanut shells and a rubber band. I was really surprised. <laughs> I was really surprised on that one as well. So really quick, yeah. guys, we're going to get them on here. You guys are going to hear the ring, and we're going to bring on our guy, Dan Saborski. He was here with us once before. I love this guy. If you guys don't follow him on the Twitter machine, again, you guys must because he's hysterical. I love Dan. He's a good dude. He's always picking on MLB The Show stuff. I don't know. Angela, if you've ever seen his stuff, it's funny as shit. He goes through like he goes through the crowds in MLB The Show and picks on like a guy that's like eating a hot dog in the MLB The Show game <laughs> because it's like he doesn't even take a bite. And the hot dog's gone, and he's like this, rubbing yeah. his stomach and shit. Dude, it's funny as hell, man. He's like, man, I wish I could eat like that. And, like, that's his tweet yeah. for the day. It's fucking funny as hell. <laughs> I love this guy. But, again, Dan Saborski, fan graphs. The guy is a computer. I'm going to add him to the call here right now. Hopefully, I can uh, I can get this going here. And we are adding our guy, Dan Saborski. So, let's, uh, let's do this really quick. We're bringing him on now. We're a couple minutes late. I told him we'd bring him on about 7.45. We're running a few minutes behind because all that crazy Blackhawk talk. So, let's see here. Angelo, you still there? Yes, sir. Right, let's make sure that we still got this here. Hopefully, everything works good here. I see you guys, and I hear you guys. Dan, you hear me? You hear me? Yep, I hear both Angelo, you. you hear me? Excellent. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, look at that. We figured it out. First Holy time. Cow. That's right. <laughs> oh, did you guys have? Are you guys still having issues? No, last week we had we had a little bit of problems with uh, our guy out here off of ESPN Chicago 1000, Fred Hubner, 
and he actually gave us a call back. And it was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? He called us instead of us calling him. Yep, so yep. we figured it out. Though. I, 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 I've done that before. I think one of my favorite stories that's similar to that, uh, I was once called by uh, a Kentucky radio station uh, because they got my number confused with someone that was their basketball guest. <laughs> and I told him, well, I, and he asked me if I knew the guy's number. Uh, and I said, well, you, I'm a baseball writer. I could just go on. And then <laughs> and so actually, actually, the producer was relieved since he didn't have to find the actual number that, oh, I, I accidentally called another possible guest. We talked about the Reds for 10 minutes. It was kind of random, but it amused me. That's awesome, nice. man. That's awesome. So, Dan, the la- this is your second time on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show, and I'm happy to bring you back here, my friend. I appreciate you coming back on with us. I'm really excited to have you on here. You were one of our very first guests. And uh, how's everything going on your end, Dan? Everything going okay so far? Pretty good. Baseball's still going. Uh, I'm alive, which is also nice. That's good. That's good. You're not yeah, coughing up a lung due to COVID. Uh, I, 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 you see, I have, I have allergies. I have seasonal allergies, so I'm always a little stuffed to some degree. So it's always in the back of my, my mind. Am I going to be really sick now uh but so far so good that's good man. or that's i might good. have had it and i don't even know that's that's <laughs> the magic of the world's worst parlor game in 2020 oh, man. That's man, right. we had a scare here the last week with at, at the household here i have a vacation that i'm going on tomorrow dan and last week the, my my fiance she works in the healthcare field and last week she came home with a fever and it was like oh no like, are we going to have to cancel our vacation? Or is she... Well, first off, it was like, hopefully she's okay. Hopefully it's not COVID. And I was like, are we going to have to cancel our vacation? This sucks after all this planning we've done. And yeah. uh, turns out she got her test results back on Sunday. Everything's good to go. No COVID. Completely negative. Thank the Lord. Thank God. We're still able to go on vacation tomorrow. Yeah, so we're really excited about yeah, that. Yeah, my mom... My mom, uh, she retires next week, and for her retirement, I, I I bought her a trip to Italy. Oh wow! Which she obviously hasn't gone on, right? Because the the trip is canceled for now. Americans are not allowed in Italy right now, so right. Uh, I, I'm hoping that at some point, uh, Italy will welcome us back because we're not all sick anymore. But we'll see. We'll see. We had to take it one day at a time. Americans aren't allowed right. anywhere anymore, man. We could barely leave our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not exactly someone who leaves their house a ton since I work from home and I'm kind of lazy. But 2020's been something else. I like, I like to determine my own social outcast status. Oh yeah, I don't like it being imposed upon. Yeah, me. you like being you right. like being a hermit because that's just who you are, right? Yeah, I, I like refusing plans. <laughs> I don't. I want those plans to exist. And then I want to have the option to cancel them. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Because so because there's nothing that feels better in the world than canceling a social obligation that you agreed to but you were kind of on the fence about. <laughs> that moment you say, I can't go, and you realize that you don't have to put on pants, <sighs> it's, just, it's, it's the most wonderful it time really, to be I alive. I do that to my fiancé all the time with dinner plans. She don't <laughs> like it. It's hard, to, it's hard to do that when you live with the person, Dan, let me tell you. Yeah, that, that 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 does make it a little. So, so tell me really quick, Dan, <laughs> have you been repping the Fat Mike Chicago shirt? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't worn it anywhere since I haven't been anywhere, oh. but I did get my T-shirt. Uh, hopefully, next time my camera will be working again. I had it working for two weeks before it died. Oh, there you go. Uh, hopefully, it won't be another three-month saga to uh, 
to get another replacement for it. Just so you guys know, I sent Dan one of the fat, the fat jump man shirts that I got, where it's holding a pizza and a six pack of beer. <laughs> I sent him one. I was like, Dan, you gotta have one of these, man. I'm like, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Here you go. And he's gonna be repping it on with us. We'll have you back again, Dan, to where we can take a a screenshot of you in the fat Mike shirt, my friend. Yeah, that that would be that would be so cool. So a lot is, ha- and you know, I I like pizza and beer, so it's it, it, it's it's a good they go, fit. They go to yeah, who doesn't like hand, it? man? They're the two greatest things on <laughs> yep. the planet. <laughs> I take pizza and beer over breathing. Let me and and leaving the house. You know, there you go. Yeah. So a lot has happened over the last time since we've had you on here. Since we've had you on and talked to you, Dan. Before we didn't even know if baseball was going to be played, and now roughly we're about twenty games in so far for some teams, and other teams are around <laughs> 10, 12 games because they're going to the casino or theme parks and shit like that or whatever. <laughs> All right, it's been an eventful. It's been an eventful 2020 MLB season, to say the least. Dan, do you think the MLB has this under control, and are we going to be able to finish the season? I think at this point, I wouldn't say they have it under control, but I think that they've kept it together well enough. And, I mean, we're almost at the halfway point for most of the teams. They've kept it together well enough that I think we'll at least manage to get through the end of the season. It's not going to be perfect. We'll probably have another outbreak or two we might have a team that plays 50 games while everybody plays 60 games but i think we'll muddle through this season hopefully without killing anyone i mean i i say that laughing but i mean this is such such an odd year and i mean i'm i'm glad that there's baseball it it i'm happy that nobody's gotten horribly sick and and from the way some of the players have acted you kind of wonder would they be even worse if they were out on their own because you know mike like Clevenger saying, oh, well, I followed the C- CDC guidelines and I just hung out with people who I knew didn't have COVID. It's like, w- w- was, was, that to, was that how the safety protocol worked? Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's, he's, it's such an ass-white move to put the entire MLB season at risk like that. And, you know, it hurts because... Oh, I'm sorry, that was... Sorry, that was Plesak. Yeah, Plesak, right, not Clevenger. But uh, the, he went out too, didn't he? What did he do? He went... He did something. He went out, but he didn't do the same kind of sad Instagram from his car whining. Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. That I don't know what the hell's going on. It's All of it is nothing but craziness right now with all this COVID right now. So, Dan, do you think there should have been a bubble in the MLB like there is in the MLB or in, like, in like the NBA or in the NHL? I think, I mean, it's a nice thought, but I think it's impractical because – what it comes down to is the NBA has fewer teams and you need a lot fewer players to have a basketball game than you, than you have to have a baseball game. Football has a similar problem. I mean, baseball has, you know, there's 60 man player pools. Can you imagine the, the logistics between quarantining 1800 players together? Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, another, you know, 200 coaches and managers, broadcasters. I, I, I don't know how you could organize that kind of thing. I mean, you're, you are essentially, putting together a small town in a month and they, they hadn't even agreed to to problems i think there are ways they could have made the uh the safety protocols a little more strict i think they could have made it clearer to teams that safety is paramount and the the rules are not the minimum you the maximum of safety you do but the minimum of safety you do like the whole marlins things 
yeah, they technically didn't break any rules, but they really showed just a complete lack of safety. And not just for humanitarian reasons, for baseball reasons. If if you screw up, then you don't have a baseball season. And if you don't have a baseball season, players lose a lot of money, owners lose a lot of money. Nobody's happy with that result because money is good. It's the best way to get goods and services. Right. Yeah, it's it's been a shit show, man. This entire like the, the the whole thing with the MLB, it's I'm a huge baseball fan, just like you are, Dan, just like Angelo is. And I was like I was so anxious for this season to kick off with the with, you know, we're from Chicago here, so the Cubs, the White Sox, a lot of hope, a lot of stuff going around both of these teams. So I really wanted everything to work out perfectly to see how good this White Sox team is, to see and put my doubts away for the Cubs being, you know, because I had them being an under 500 team if they played a 162-game schedule. That's where I was at. I had the Sox fighting for fighting for a playoff spot with uh, with a wild card. But all of that being said, what are the... Now, we all know that you're a stat guy over at Fangraphs, and you've created a bunch of stats yourself. So what are the stats saying right now? Who is the best team in the league right now? Well, over 20 games, it doesn't really change that much, but there are a lot more reasons to be positive about, especially the Cubs, than you were at the start of the year. You look at some of the things that have gone well. You Darvish has continued to just, you know, rule the way he did the, like, the, the two, second two-thirds of, of last season. And that, that's a huge thing for the Cubs. I think the contract is actually going to work out fine for them in the end, even though it had a pretty disappointing start to it. Uh, he, he was injured, but, I mean, before he was injured... Tyler Chatwood, he only walked four guys in 15 innings. The ERA is a little high, but that's mostly some bad luck. I mean, he struck out 23 guys in 15 innings against four walks. I mean, that's a very un-Chatwood experience. Uh, so I don't think, you know, Chicago baseball fans have a lot to be that upset about this year, which is, I guess, nice, uh, especially because the Cardinals have had problems, and I'm sure that's always also a little bit fun for, for, for Cubs and White Sox fans. Uh, and, and, and even, even Craig Kimbrell looked like he was a pitcher again the last two times out. He, you know, he did though. I mean, you, you're a little, you want to be a little careful about it. You don't not really say, Hey, not, we're not going to put you in with a lead or anything at this point, but he looked like an actual major league pitcher again, uh, right. which is a pretty significant, uh, uh, sea change since the first four. He's period. looked good yeah. over his last three outings. I will say that, Dan, he has looked good real quick, Dan. we got a question from the chat from our guy, Ron Rupnow. He wants to know, how do you think the new fast saliva test will help the sports as a whole? I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a big deal if it works, because, uh, one of the things about baseball, especially, and I guess the NBA, uh, not so much the NFL because you have a little more time between games, but, uh, when you don't have a quick result, you have you can have guys playing games while they're positive without knowing it, and that's that's less than ideal. Uh, baseball is probably the easiest sport to not spread COVID, but there's still plenty of opportunities when you're around other guys. Uh, baseball is fortunate in this way more than football is, uh, because you're 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 socially most of baseball is a lot of social distancing. I mean, the the fielders don't really get near each other all that often. Uh, you have the right. runner who gets near infielders briefly. You have, you know, the catcher and the and the batter. But <clears throat> it's not a scrum in the same way, you know, you know, every football player. Right. So baseball does have an advantage there. Uh, I, I know NF, the NFL is 
pretty carefully looking at what MLB's doing and trying to learn from MLB's mistakes because to actually play the games, I think the NFL has the hardest task at all. They have they have as many player, they have more players with with with, with the roster size than, than MLB does, and they also have the cl- the closeness that <clears throat> NBA players have. So I think the NFL is be the biggest challenge, but I'm going to choose to be optimistic until we see a disaster. Otherwise, the the testing in the NFL has looked pretty good so far, especially the last week. So. It, it's good to be hopeful, and we kind of need to be hopeful this year. So, like I said, to, to get it off the football here, Dan, I want to get you back to baseball here. Should the yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no, it, it's okay, it's okay, man. Why is this baseball guy talking football? No, I mean, hey, man, sports are sports here. This is why it's the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. You know, we talk everything here. We're not just Bears. We're not just baseball. Although the past recent weeks, we've been a lot of baseball and hockey. But we'll get to the football here as soon as it starts kicking off. But really quick to the baseball here. Back back to the baseball, Dan. Should the fans of the game be intrigued about a possible 400 hitter in this year of it being only a 60 game season? It, it, it would be fun. Obviously, anyone who hits 400 this year, there's going to be a major asterisk. Right, it has to uh, be right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's it's. I mean, the the when you talk about like the Roger Maris asterisk, that wasn't actually an asterisk that happened. It was Ford Frick speaking off the cuff, and really. You know, 154 games is not that different than 162 games. But 60 games is very different than 162 games. Uh, I actually projected going into the season that there was like a 5% chance that someone uh, was was going to could break in a short season Bob Gibson's modern ERA record simply because when you're throwing that few innings, you you have those outliers. Uh, Now, most of the league has already fallen below 400. Uh, batting average is actually a little lower around baseball than we expected, so that makes the odds a little longer. Uh, you still have uh, Charlie Blackman above 400 for now. You still have DJ LeMayhew, and I don't see anyone below them having a real shot. It's it's hard to sneak up on 400, because if you hit 350 for half the season, to get over 400, you're going to have to hit 450 in the second half, and, and you, it's hard to hit 450 for, for even... 30 games. Uh, I think LeMay, uh, LeMayhew is, has a chance. Blackman's slightly better because Coors Field is helpful. Uh, I'd probably put the chances just off the cuff, probably at 1% or 2%. Uh, it, I don't think it's going to happen this time, which is sad because it would have been fun. I mean, I, I like it, but it, there has to be a huge asterisk. Like you just said, it's not a, an eight-game swing between 154 and 162. It's not that this year. It's 102 games. That's a big swing. For somebody to hit 400, yeah, I don't even think it should even go in a record book as the last 400 hitter. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't even consider that the last 400 hitter. But I like the concept of a 400 hitter in a, in a short season. Not because it's necessarily meaningful, but that it's because it's fun. And I think sometimes, especially when we talk about, you know, Fernando Tatis getting all sorts of heat from the, from Chris Woodward of the Rangers for, for, you know, having the nerve to hit a grand slam. That baseball is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be, you know, unwritten rules and, 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 and solemn seriousness. So even if the 400 average isn't particularly meaningful this year, it's still kind of fun. Uh, and so just for that basis, it would have been cool. So what is the real value of a win and a loss this year? Is it really three games? Uh, well, it it, it 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 really depends. Uh, one of the things is in in one way wins are kind of cheap this year because of the playoff system. How uh, so? so? How one so? Win is, well, when you have sixteen teams making the playoffs, mm. uh, I mean, 
you're, I mean, you're already adding a bunch of guys right there. Right. And this year, what makes wins less valuable as well is because normally with the wild card format in baseball, the divisional winner has a significant edge over the teams that get in via the wild card. They don't have to play that wild card game, which is essentially a coin flip. Now, there's there's not much of a benefit to making to being to you know, winning two-thirds of your game rather than going 18 and 22 and squeezing in the playoffs, you get home field advantage in baseball. But home field advantage in baseball is not like home field advantage in other sports. The crowd is rarely a factor in an MLB game. Uh, I, I I think that this year, I mean, it's not the most competitive, quote-unquote, fairer year. This year is just about having games, completing the season without a disaster, and just having some fun along the way. Uh, I don't think even the World Series winner this year will be thought of in the same way as as other World Series winners. And I mean that that kind of sucks for them, but that's just the way it is. As long as it's not the Astros, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, the, well, they they've lost. They just lost Alvarez for the season now, uh, so that they, they they have some some struggles. I mean, they are behind in, in in the West. I I don't actually think they're the strongest team in the AL West right now, as the roster is currently configured with Alvarez out, with Verlander recovering from injury. It's it's. And, you know, Altuve has been kind of struggling at times. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're the best team. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs, but the, the Orioles have a chance to make the playoffs, which should pretty much tell you about what this season is hey, like. Hey, speaking of the Orioles, I, I was just talking to Angelo about this before the game. Or before the game, before before the show. <laughs> I, uh, I made a bet at the beginning of the season before COVID outbreak even began. It was a dollar fifty-one that I just had randomly left in my Bovada account, and I put it on the the the, the Baltimore Orioles to win the AL East. A dollar fifty-one. If I win that bet, I win nine hundred and six bucks from a dollar fifty-one. So fingers crossed that the Baltimore Orioles win the AL East. What are my chances? What are my chances, Dan? Your, your chances probably aren't great. Damn. <laughs> I, I mean, they're 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 behind the Yankees, uh, but. Uh, on 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 uh, uh, on Fangrass, we we did have them not round to zero for for winning the division, which is something. I mean, a, a dollar fifty. I mean, what else are you going to bet it on? Yeah, I didn't know what else to do uh, with it. Because if, <laughs> if you win it, see, here's the thing about dollar fifty or or dollar whatever it was. If you lose it, you don't care. But if you win, you do care a lot, both for the money and for having a great story. Uh, the, 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 the 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 about the time you bet on the Orioles and, and, you know, made 900 times your money back. Uh, so it, it's win-win. That'd be where it's at. So we got a question here for you, a Chicago question here from our guy Tarbill. He, he wants to know, how do you think the, the Cubs and Sox matchups are going to go this season? Should be interesting with their hitting, with their hitting versus the Cubs pitching. I, I, I think the Cubs, I, I think the pitching staff as it currently is, is 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 fairly dangerous and it's going to be difficult for the White Sox. I, I like what the White Sox have done. I, I still think that they have a couple holes in their lineup. I mean, nobody's perfect. Uh, uh, I I I think that once Grandal really gets going, that 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 could change things. Uh, and of course, Tim Anderson's been terrific. Uh, uh, Mancata's been terrific. I mean, most. I, I I just think the Cubs are a little bit deeper right now, just a little bit stronger. Uh, but the White Sox, they have a pretty underrated bullpen. Uh, you, you you don't hear people talk about Evan Marshall or, or something, but I mean, he, when he's on, he's 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 been pretty solid. They have a lot of guys with names you don't might not know, but 
can get guys out. No one who's going to be, you know, go to the all, an all-star game as a reliever. But I, I think they could possibly have the edge in the late innings if it gets to that. Uh, but I, I think the Cubs are just a little bit better. So with your stats, Dan, what is the outcome for the World Series right now? Well, it, well, the last time I ran the projections, I still had the Dodgers and Yankees as the favorite. But the, the, they're... From the start of the season, their their probabilities of winning the World Series have gone way down simply because of the shorter season and the playoff structure change. Uh, going into the season, I had the, the Zips projections for them. They both came out about, I think, 15 to 18% to win the World Series. And then coming into this weird short season, that was down under 10%. Because when, when, when you have a short season and a lot of teams, it, 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 it kind of penalizes the elite teams. Uh, now, whether you like that or not, I mean, that that's always going to be, you know, a philosophical thing. Uh, under the old format, the, the general fangrass projections were similar because uh, they used Zips and they used Jared Cross's steamers. And, and, and they similarly had the Yankees down to about 10% entering the season. Uh, I still think that, that they're the two strongest teams. Uh, but I, not, there's literally nothing that would shock me about a World Series matchup at this point. Okay, so out of those, who who are you, who are you taking? Without all your stats aside, I don't. Yeah, I'll, I'm taking the I'm taking the Dodgers. You're taking the Dodgers. I don't know. It just it just I don't know. It feels like karma should reward them for taking that big <laughs> splash and and picking up Mookie Betts the way they did. You know, in an off season where everyone was kind of like, oh, we got to get under the we got to get under the, the luxury tax threshold. They said. Yeah, screw this. We're buying one year of Mookie. We're gonna give you Verdugo. We're gonna we're gonna send Maeda my, my to the Twins, and they went all in. And you know, they they didn't even wait to negotiate with Mookie to see how it was going. They said, "Hey, we're going to give you a a, a bulldozer full of money to stay in Los Angeles for the rest of your useful career." I mean, I I like when when the bold teams get rewarded. I think it's it's good for the sport when that kind of boldness is rewarded. I'm not going to lie. I, I was not because, you know, my number one team, Dan, my number one team is the Chicago Cubs. Will and forever will be. Okay. And my second favorite team is the Boston Red Sox. My dad took me to a game when I was a kid and I watched Mo Vaughn hit three two-run homers against the White Sox, which was like, it was like you're beating Darth Vader at this point. The Red Sox were, were the... Uh, the, the Red Sox were Luke Skywalker at that point in my life. I was like an eight-year-old kid. It was fantastic. And he single-handedly beat the White Sox, which I loved. So from that moment on, they were like my second favorite team. I've always rooted for the Red Sox. And it sucked so bad when the Red Sox lost Mookie. And it was like, no, why? And I was hoping that it was going to be like, if okay, fine. If COVID cancels the year, hopefully Mookie comes back and signs back with the Red Sox and it just didn't happen. He just it just shit all over me. It was not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a tough kind of thing. When when a team is like rebuilding or something cuz they're a bad team, then then you kind of live with with the idea that they're going to trade a veteran. But the Red Sox aren't re rebuilding. It was purely, you know, a money play in, in a way. Yeah, I think Verdugo, I mean, I think they got good value for him for one year of him. But just from a, you know an emotional fan standpoint, it's really hard to just like that at all, uh, <laughs> because they could have re-signed him. I mean, it's not like Mookie was playing with the Orioles that who weren't gonna right. give like Machado three hundred million dollars. Right. So Dan, how do you feel about the unwritten rules of baseball? 
I, I'm not a fan of unwritten rules. Because the problem is when it's not written down, anything could go, and then you have to have an understanding with who who the unwritten rule is. Like I don't even I don't even get this. Uh, I, I I don't see what's all that you know manly about the unwritten rule is. If you're really ahead, you have to stop trying to make the other team feel better about <laughs> themselves. It's like right. what kind of unwritten rule is that? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean. Uh, why if if the other team doesn't want to if the other team hasn't given up why should you and the way i was brought up i mean i i i my my baseball career flamed out in my teenage years because i wasn't that good but you know i always tried and you know i always wanted even when i was getting my ass kicked i wanted the other guys to try too i would <laughs> hate if i was losing and they were being easy on me right. it's like oh god that, that's humiliating when your opponent i i feel that you respect your opponent when you give your all against them, even if you're better than them, mm-hmm. right. because that that means you treat them as an equal. I think that, you know, go easy on Juan Nicasio. He's just, he's, I mean, he's not, he's not a terminally ill child that's that's on the mound from the Make a Wish Foundation. He's a major league pitcher. He needs to be able to, 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 to handle losing a game against a team that's hitting him. And the pitch that Tatis hit, it was a good pitch too. Right, right. Ah. I mean, I mean, isn't that something, though, that the MLB would want is a player who has that little bit of an attitude to kind of draw in that younger crowd? Like, if you look at the NBA, they have, you know, the Warriors that have that swagger, and there's nobody like that in Major League Baseball. And now you're finally starting to get some guys like Tim Anderson and now Tatis Jr. And what do they do? They go and make this guy feel terrible for swinging on a 0-3 pitch or a 3-0 pitch. It goes in with what I was saying earlier. Baseball's supposed to be fun. If if baseball ran the NBA, slam dunks would be banned. Fast breaks or against the unwritten rules, you have to wait for the defenders to catch up. Pete Rose would be in if, the Hall of if, Fame. <laughs> I, I I don't know why why baseball doesn't because in Juan Soto, you can add to that list. These these guys are fun. And they're actually people that 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 the younger fans who might want to get into baseball they can lack they can see these guys see a fun game like like more in previous years but if you ever watched the game in Korea they have so much fun over there teams have their fight songs for each player and the fans are into it and they have crazy bat flips and and they seem to have a lot of fun but so much of baseball it's like everyone has to be just very serious like it's a, like it's a, it's a board meeting everybody be quiet. And then we'll take your vote. Yeah. Uh, like like last year when, when Derek Dietrich watched his home run uh, and, and John Wayner, uh, uh, the, the Pirates broadcaster, said that he knew Dietrich's grandfather and his grandfather would be rolling over in his grave <laughs> and embarrassed of his grandson. It's like, really? <laughs> a guy crushes a home run and... Don't you look at it. Your grandfather is good. I would come back from the dead and spit on you. It's like, what? Like, first, his grandfather would do that, but, but it's, it's, it's just taking things way too seriously. And yep. have fun. It's a game. It's not. It's not you know, first off, if my grandfather comes out of any grave, we got a whole different, we got a whole different issue to worry about. <laughs> We're talking Walking Dead here. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> hey Dan, really quick, between and last question before I ask you one more other thing, Dan. Right now, if you were starting a team 
and everybody was in a fantasy pool. I'm going to give you four guys, and you give me the picks one through four. Okay. Okay, here we go. We got Louis Robert. We have Casey Mize. Okay. We have Juan Soto. Okay. And we have Fernando Tatis Jr. Which one are you taking one through four? I would take Tatis first. He is the shortstop. Uh, in the end, he, he, he's the guy I'm most sure about. Uh, I take Robert next. I, I think that he has gold glove potential in center field once he's had more experience. Uh, then I'll take Soto. I love Soto, but he's a corner outfielder. And I like Mize, but pictures always scare me. Right. Uh, when, when a hitter gets, gets injured, even seriously, they're usually coming back. Uh, a, a, a picture tears their shoulder, and, and that might be it. Uh, so I, I, lo- I love Mize. I think he's going to be really good for the, for the Tigers for, for a long time. Uh, but I, I, can't, I wouldn't take him above any of the other three guys. And one more thing, Dan, with me before you go, my friend. Could you give us a station ID? Tell us who you are, where you're from, and say you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Could you do that for us? Sure. All right, I'll count you down from three. You ready? <laughs> three, two, one, go. I'm Dan Zaborski, senior writer for Fangraphs, and you're listening to Fat Mike's Chicago Sports Show. That's perfect. First awesome. time, man. Holy cow. We've awesome. had some... Hey, I'm a professional. You are a professional. We've had some other professionals completely botch that and dick that up. Yep. That was great, Dan. Thank you so much. Dan, I can't wait to talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on again with us. I really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll be talking soon, my friend. Thanks, Dan. It was fun, guys. See you next time. Take care. All right, everybody. Dan Samborski kicks ass, kicking ass with us. Angelo, I told you that guy's a stat machine, my friend. What'd you think? You did. You did. Uh, Man, such good baseball talk. It got me all excited. You know, I love love talking good baseball. One thing I didn't bring up with him, too, man, is I I didn't bring up the – the 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 hot dog wheel thing that he does the 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 thing on mlbtheshow.com and I should have brought that up that sucks we'll have to uh, make sure we make a note for the next, next time he's on next with time us for sure yep. I know I brought it up the first time and it was a lot of fun everybody really liked it that's that that's that good old hook for the for the crowd so they know oh next time I gotta make sure I tune in to know about right, that. right exactly it's a lot of fun <laughs> having Dan on he's he yep. is a blast man he kicks ass with us it's a good time uh. I don't know what's going on here. I'm having troubles with my computer here again. This son of a bitch. So, anyways. But, yeah, Dan is the man. He is a lot of fun having having him on with us. I can't wait to have him on again. I wanted to ask him about uh, about about who has the better chance of getting to the World Series, the White Sox or the Orioles. I heard that question today, and I'm sure it's the White Sox. But... Hey man, I got that. I got that big money placed on the Baltimore Orioles. That dollar fifty one <laughs> could win me a, almost a grand. So yep. you know, yep. here we go. Well, I got like I told you, I got that. I got it on the White Sox. I'm I'm a Cubs fan like you, but the the hype machine behind the White Sox. It was and they looked so good in the like those uh, cross town games against the Cubs and you know then they started slow, but hopefully they can uh, pick it up and. Ride, ride it to the World Series. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about that. You're rooting for the White Sox. <laughs> I don't want, it's like rooting for the fucking Cardinals or the Green Bay Packers or the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, What's never, wrong with I, you? 
I would never. Do What's that. wrong with you? What's wrong with you? It's like like it's like rooting in for the Milwaukee Brewers to come in town and sweep the Cubs. The fuck is the matter with you? Oh, I hate hate the Brewers. Yeah, but yeah, you put a you put a bet on the White Sox. <laughs> I, I can't believe you. I am not a. Let I mean, me tell you something. Five bucks I am not that Chicago fan. So. I'm not the Chicago fan. Like, oh, I love all of Chicago. There's plenty of parts of Chicago that I can't fucking stand. And a lot of it is over there at 31st and Pershing, over there by the fucking White Sox Park. That Fuck that place. I, I hate the fucking White Sox. I cannot stand the White Sox. Okay, yeah, it'd be cool. I'm glad they're doing good. They got a lot of talent over there. But I am not a Sox fan. I'm a Cub fan, baby. And that's where my allegiance will lie and will forever lie is with the Cubs. I am not a Sox fan. Boo Sox. Finish last. Boo. Boo. <laughs> I hope you – how much well, did you put on them? Five bucks. I hope you lose that five bucks. <laughs> I wasn't going to put any substantial money on them. I don't want to have to root for the team. I just thought, you know, five bucks. If I lose five bucks, I lose five bucks. If I make 500, I make 500, you know. I hope you lose your five bucks. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I feel. So really quick, man, to get into it really quick before we bring on Celine with us, we are going to hop into the round sports TKO. So here we go. All right. And here we go, Angelo. Round one. And we're bringing it back to what we just talked about with Dan. Fernando Tatis, 3-0 count, hits a, takes it, and takes it yard for a grand slam. And then the next day, steals third in another blowout game. Listen, if you don't want Fernando Tatis to hit a grand slam on you when you're already down by a shit ton of runs, don't give the fucking guy a fastball right down the heart of the plate. That's, that's what you do. That's what professional baseball players do. They're going to take a pitch, and they're going to take a yard if it's their pitch. Don't be all salty, Mr. Texas Ranger manager. Who gives a shit? If you want to play the game the right way, don't give the guy a ball that he can fucking crush, that he can clobber out of the park for a grand slam. Your team sucks. Throw in a guy that can get a guy out. I'm sorry. Angelo, I mean, Angelo, I mean, where are you at on this? Angelo, did I lose you? No. No, sorry, man. My uh, mic came unplugged. Um, I like I said when we were talking to Dan. I think baseball needs that right. kind of a player, a guy that's going to be exciting to watch, that's going to pull the young crowd in. Like I watch baseball with my my two kids, and they are not into it until somebody hits a home run or something flashy happens, like a awesome defensive play. And you need more of that in the sport. And I think this guy is a guy that could take baseball to that next level. But they're trying to like push him down and hold him down to not do these things. I just don't understand. You it. got guys in this league right now, guys like Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, guys like Javier Baez, Tim Anderson, okay, Fernando Tatis Jr. This is the future of the game, guys. If you guys can't figure this out, all right, if, if fans are gonna be upset or managers are gonna be upset because guys are let me tell you something. This is what it is, Angelo. Because professional ball players are actually having fun playing the fucking game. And you're going to be like, oh, that's breaking the unwritten rules of bait. Get fucked. Get out of here, dude. You're, <laughs> right. That's fucking ridiculous. 
I mean, this guy has the potential to be the guy in right. baseball here in the next couple of years. And you want to do what? Turn him into some like fucking walking robot? statue? I mean, look, listen. Right. I know it's I know it's a stressful situation making a guy the face of baseball. But like you, I think kind of what you were leading to. Sorry to cut you off. Is that he has the potential oh, to be right. the face of baseball? Look at what Mike Trout does. Yes, right now he's the best player in the game. But is he the face of Major League Baseball, Angelo? No. You know who is? If Mike Trout was walking down the street, how many people exactly. would know who Mike Trout is? You know Trout who's is? the fucking face of baseball right now? It's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the right. face of baseball right now as we speak. And, okay, okay, fine. Whatever. It, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. But when I think of Major League Baseball in 2019, 2020, I think of Aaron Judge. That's the guy I think of. Yeah, he's not the greatest player in the game, but he is one of the greatest players in the game. All right. Right. You got these, like I was saying, kind of like what I'm going to. You got these guys, Fernando Tatis, Javier Baez, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, Tim Anderson. And I'm not putting Tim Anderson down there on the list. I'm just spouting off, okay? That dude has, a, that dude has the most fun playing a game I've ever seen in my life. Him and Javier Baez, they love the game of baseball. They love it. They love baseball, okay? But I will say this. The, that young little group is the future of your game. That's what right. it is. Without those guys, you're not going to have youth playing baseball in, in leagues anymore. That's the way it is. It's the only way that baseball grows, if they let the players show how they're feeling. I'm not a big fan of the bad flip. Okay, you could do something else. But it makes it more exciting to the 9-, 10-year-old that just watched Tim Anderson hit a fucking 400-foot shot to left field. Right. All right. I'm not that guy. Okay. Trout is the best player in baseball. The guy's uh, wins above replacement average is ungodly. He's on the pace to to be the best player in, in, in baseball history. If he if by war, if he keeps on going at the pace that he's going. Right. But it, it's dude. I mean, he's not that guy. But there's a difference between being. The best player and being the face of the sport. Oh, of course. When like baseball right now doesn't have that guy. I mean, yeah, like you said, Aaron Judge, but it, it's hard for baseball because it's such a regional game. But a guy like Tatis Jr. is somebody who can draw the crowd in to enjoy a game of baseball, get familiar with who he is, and he could bring that sport to the next level. Oh, hands down, hands down. All I'm saying is for you guys that are liking the old rule of baseball, it's time to fucking, you know, kick off your dinosaur and, you know, kick the slats out of your fucking, (laughs) kick the slats out of your crib and hop off your dinosaur because the game is changing and it's progressing into a way that's a good fit for today's society and a good fit for today's game. And that's what Major League Baseball needs right now with the down numbers all throughout youth baseball and high school baseball. And college baseball, that is what baseball needs. Round two, Angelo, really quick, my friend. In round two, it has been announced that there is going to be no fans at Soldier Field. And I am not happy about this. I'm a guy that likes to go to about two to three games a year. And I'm hurting on this, man. I'm really hurting on this. I really wanted to see the Bucks here. I really wanted to go to my, my, my Packer game this year. And I really wanted to see... Uh, just be there and see what's going on with this team. And it sucks that the, that the Bears are not having fans in the stands. But I get it. I understand, Angelo. It's the COVID. 
It's this big whooping cough, fucking yep. hacking up a lung, getting sick, coughing on your neighbor, you know, spitting on your neighbor, breathing by your neighbor, doing what you want to do to your neighbor. It, it, it's terrible, man. This is this is garbage. Yep. This is garbage. But how, how do you feel about it, Angelo? So it is definitely disappointing. Um, I try to go to one Bears game a year if I can. Um, last year I took my dad to see uh, the Bears and the Lions play, which was a fun game. But I wish that the NFL would have made it. If you're gonna, if one team's not gonna have fans, I don't think any team should have fans. You know what I mean? Because then it's the competitive advantage of home field. That it, it sways. You know what I mean? If if people at Green Bay are allowed to go watch the Packers play in Lambeau, but the Bears can't have fans when the Packers come to Soldier, that's a competitive advantage for the Packers. I hate it. I just wish that the NFL would have just been like, okay, hey, no fans at all, or X amount of fans for everybody, one or the other. Right, yeah, it definitely does suck. I know I just also seen a little bit ago that the Seattle Seahawks canceled their first three games um, with fans in the stands, not canceled the game, but no fans in the stands during their first three right. games, and that does hurt, especially a team like Seattle where they are known for having the loudest stadium in the entire league. It's huge, right? I mean that they are built on the twelfth man, and they rely on that twelfth man, and that's what they call them up there in Seattle. They call them the twelfth man because that's how much they mean to those guys. But you know, still, I mean, if you cut, if you cut a, a stadium in half, I don't know, I don't know how many people, even a, even to a third of that, you're still putting anywhere between what fifteen to what twenty five thousand people at risk. You know what I mean? That's yep. that's huge. All right. So now I also see a thing today that they're gonna pump in crowd noise. The NFL is having a meeting to where if they can pump in crowd noise, like Major League has been, or like Major League Baseball has been. And like uh, like right. hockey has been dealing with like the crowd noise and stuff like that, that's all fine and dandy. But if you're gonna sit there and tell me that, if you're gonna sit there and tell me that the tw- a team that relies on on the crowd like the Seattle Seahawks, that dude, those two are completely different. Pumped in crowd noise mm-hmm. and actually having the loud noise of actual fans sitting there being like, you know. Fuck you, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, or, you know, eat shit, Jared (laughs) Goff, or, you know, something along those, get Kyler Murray, that name in their division teams, you know, but like, dude, that place is loud as shit, okay, that place is loud as hell, and that's going to take a big damper down from teams like that with the, the, the pumped and crowd noise versus actual attendance being in the stands, all right, that's the, you know who I think might benefit from this? The Bears? Mitch Trubisky, man. He was so mad last year about the, the TVs being off at Hallis Hall and and hey man, a stadium with no people, that's like that's like heaven for him. Nobody's sitting there screaming that he sucks. Because I've been one of those guys. <laughs> yep, you yep. suck. Yep, except his coach, and then you'll hear it all on, on TV, which would be pretty entertaining. I, I'm but. still waiting for uh, a, a good friend from the old network to get back to me on the tweet that I said. He posted a thing today <laughs> where somebody threw, uh, I don't know, who's the old wide receiver we got now? The guy's like 95 years old. Uh, Ted yeah, Ginn he's Jr., like 97 years old. Yeah. yeah. So somebody threw Ted Ginn, up, Ted, Ginn up, Ted Ginn Jr. a ball down the sideline, and he caught it over his right shoulder. And it's like, who made this pass? 
And I said it was Matt Nagy or the Jugs Machine. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> neither of our quarterbacks well, Matt can Nagy make that last year throw. threw that one good pass huh? in that video. Remember last year they sent out a video of Nagy like bombing the ball down the right. field. He looked better than Trubisky. Right. Well, yeah. Let's start Matt Nagy and maybe you know, yeah. maybe we'll win some fu- more than fucking eight games. Turd sandwich. Right. Yeah. Yep. Dog shit. All right, round three. Here we go. All right, so for you for you guys that are video game guys, I made a I made a post about it. I'm kind of pissed off that you guys didn't vote on it. To be honest, with you. I had a poll the other day. Um, EA Sports video games. EA Sports. It's in the game. I watched this really excellent documentary over the weekend. It's only 50 minutes long. It's on YouTube. Uh, if you guys want to, I can post it later on. But EA Sports video games used to be the pinnacle of all sports games. And now games like Madden, games like MLB The Show and NHL, and they don't have a golf game no more. They don't have a college football game no more. They have a UFC fighting game, but they don't have a boxing game. All right, they, EA Sports has completely taken a dive, Angelo, like completely. And I remember being a kid and being so happy when I got the new Madden game and there was yep. new hits or new way to catch a ball or even as, as shitty as it was, the quarterback passing cone in 2007 game where it was so hard to complete a pass. Or like the, the, the sidestep drills where it was like you, your quarterback, against two defensive players, you got to run through the pads to, to gain points for your team or to gain points for that individual running back. Or the throwing drills where you drop back with your quarterback and throw it through the rings. Like EA yep. Sports and Madden football... I don't think I could buy this year's Madden. Honestly, I don't think I can because it's the same fucking game with just this with just updated rosters. Why not just have the the yep. old game and upload the rosters? That's the only thing that matters. Yep. You can find people download their shit online of what the rosters are in the new game, and it, it, it it's the it's the new game. That's all it is. It's just it, it's the same exact thing. All I'm saying is EA Sports completely took a shit. And if you guys want to see something that's terrible, watch that interview because it talks about the guy who actually created EA Sports, how it became about, how he got John Madden to be the name of Madden Football. Talks about Tiger Woods uh, PGA Tour Golf. Talks about MVP Baseball 2005, which is, in my eyes, the best, hands down, greatest baseball game that's ever made. Talks about the the rise of NBA Live and then the complete shit show downfall of NBA Live. It's an amazing, quick little fifty minute interview. And if you are a sports video gamer like myself, I am not a shooting gamer. I get my ass whooped in every shooting game imaginable. <laughs> and I've been trying to play some. Like I tried playing the new Star Wars. Uh, what the hell is it? The, the Star Wars shooting game, whatever. The Battlefront, and I got murdered. Yeah, I got murdered over and over and over again. It's not even fun. But you know, I'm not good at shooting games. Angelo, what are you? What are your thoughts on on EA Sports as a whole? So, I am pretty decent at shooting games. Just a you know quick fact about me. But um, I I loved Madden when I was growing up. Man, I used to put my Madden in my PlayStation, the original PlayStation, and I would hook up my PlayStation to my VCR with a blank tape in it 
play the game, record the game, and then make my parents sit and watch the game after I was done. That's how much I loved playing Madden. And you're right. The more, you know, the longer it's gone, the game has just gotten very robotic. Um, The only way I really enjoy playing Madden is if I'm playing against somebody else, like one of my buddies. To me, it's just not as fun playing against the computer because, like you said, it's, it's all... It's just the same thing, except updated rosters. Right. It's bullshit, because I want to have a new game. I want to have the new rosters plus on how to like build my team again. I want to be able to make the, the, the fucking Nebraska Dragons or whatever it was, like it was back in the day, where I could design my uniforms, design my stadium, and do right. everything like that to make a good team. Do the fantasy draft. And have the, your favorite players on your team. That's what I liked about Madden, and they don't even offer that anymore, and it blows. Madden is a shit. Right. Madden sucks now, man. It's not even a good game. It's 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 not even the same fucking game. It sucks. It sucks. It's not fun. I agree. EA like like Tarbill says, EA Sports has sold out. Bring back 2K football. Ah, I loved 2K. I was football. not a fan of 2K football. I was more of a. They had that. They had that like first person mode where you could play inside the helmet. It was so awesome. I loved all right, it. All right. I was not a fan of it, but I'm saying more along the lines bring back a college game to where you can up your guys yeah. before your previous draft of the NFL Madden season. That's what I want to see. That was awesome. Where you yeah. can up. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, that was badass, dude. I mean,. Yeah, they don't have franchise mode anymore. They they still have the franchise mode, but it's not like the way it was, where you can actually build your guys up. You know, it's right. I don't know. It wasn't fun. So that that's my three rounds for tonight, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed them as much as I did because I kind of didn't really enjoy them. But <laughs> but yeah, really quick, I gotta try, Angela. I'm gonna hang up with you and call you back because my Skype is frozen and I can't get our next guest on here. So I'm going to hang up with you and get it going. So, all right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, we are back. I apologize for that. I don't know what the fuck happened here. Everything froze up on my end. Can you guys hear everybody? Technology, man. I'm telling you, man, I don't know what's going on with this stuff. I get lost. I get lost trying to check my mail and my mailbox. My mailbox is attached to my door. Okay, so I don't don't know what the (laughs) hell I'm doing here, man. But as long as this thing's up and going, I hope everybody can hear us. Angela, if you can check the chat, make sure everybody can hear us. Yep, I'll check ask it right now. If they can, uh, ask everybody if they can hear us and stuff. I'm trying to get logged on yep. here. Let me see. All right. It's a mess. It's a disaster. Let me tell you. Hopefully, you guys can get everything going. I want to get my guy, our guy, um, Salim, on here soon. I want to get him on. Get us going with him. All right, I asked the guys in the chat how it's how it's sounding. Um, sounds good to me. I hear you. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, let's see if we can get Salim on here with us. Let me see if I can add him to the call. Let me see my guy, Salim. Salim Sutterwala. He's my guy from Bulls Gold, Bulls Gold Podcast. Holy shit, if I wish I could say that, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I wish I could say it. Man, it's a tongue twister. I'm trying to get him on right now, guys. Hopefully you guys can hear us. That's the plan. All right, the mouse, he hears us. 
Our guy, Demos. Yep. All right, that's perfect. We're trying to get Salim on with us right now. He's my Bulls Gold podcast guy, and he knows all about the Bulls. Hopefully, he comes on here shortly with us. I'm really excited to bring him on as well. You said, yeah, I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to talk. Finally, uh, it's about fucking time the Bulls got rid of Jim Boylan, baby. It's about time the Bulls did anything well. Oh, they've been such garbage. How's it going? What's up, my friend? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Our guy was just kind of wrapping up really quick. Angelo, what were you saying? I apologize. I, I was just saying that, first, Salim, it's nice to talk to you. I was just saying that it's so nice for the Bulls to actually be doing something positive as opposed to the last four years where it's just been a complete shit show. We were introing you at the time, uh, Salim. We were introing you, and you kind of—I made the phone call, and everything kind of got botched up there. We're having problems with Skype all night, Salim. Skype's just... my apologies. No, my it's apologies. not your. No, it's that. not your fault. It's 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 our fault. We don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> uh, That's happens. what it boils down to is that we're just a bunch of morons and we don't know how to work a show. <laughs> all right, Salim. Well, welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. We've been talking back and forth about this Bulls team for months now, Salim. How do you feel about the Bulls finally, finally axing Jim Boylan? Well, if you look at my Twitter header, it's the tweet that the Bulls sent out that Jim Boylan had been relieved as a head coach. So (laughs) I've been waiting for this moment. I was getting a little nervous when they had... (laughs) These reports, these rumors coming out, uh, I believe it was mostly Joe Cowley uh, that's saying that there's concerns that he'll be back, that they might keep him because the ownership is worried about money or whatever other reasons, excuses that were being, uh, you know, rumored out there. So it was kind of getting nervous uh, that it might happen. But luckily, we got we got in a situation where I think. It might have been accurate that AK is a very thorough person and he was actually just doing his homework. And when the season officially ended on that last day, he went to Jerry and and Michael and said, look, I've gathered all this information and having all this information, we need to move on from Jim Boylan and Go get a new coach. So, uh, obviously, this next step is to find a new coach here. Who are the options for the Bulls head coach, and who do you want to see be the Bulls head coach? So, there are quite a few names out there right now, and I'll I'll, I'll name off the names. Uh, People like Becky Hammond. She is currently an assistant under... Uh, this uh, Greg Popovich. Really, you're uh, thinking she, Becky, huh? Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that she, idea. No, so she she is high IQ player. She played in WNBA, six time All Star, four time All All WNBA, won a bronze medal with uh, the Russian national team in 2011. Uh, to, sorry, 2008 London Olympics. Uh, I don't. If you have an opportunity, I recommend any all the people listening, even yourselves, to. Check out Pau Gasol's Players Tribune article on her. High praise from a future Hall of Famer. So she, and I feel like she, she would be a great hire. Um, I feel like she, she has that 
ability to be a relationship builder, but also is fiery. Where she she'll get on young the young guys as well. She's not gonna be afraid to, and I and I think she'll have the respect of the young guys because she has played at a high level um, in her in her career. Uh, another guy like a Wes Unsell Jr. He's currently the reason I, I think there's a good chance that he could be an op, a, a guy that they look at too. He has connections with uh, Kornishevis with his time in Denver. He's currently the lead, lead assistant under Mike Malone in Denver. Has a basketball pedigree in his blood. His father is a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, known as a defensive defensive minded coach as well. Uh, the Nuggets were kind of not that good of a defensive team. He helped them turn into a top 10 defensive team, has had a hand in developing guys like Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Imadoka is another name, uh, another connection with uh, Mark Eversley, the GM. He used to, he's the current GM, uh, sorry, assistant, head assistant under Brett Brown in Philly. A lot of experience as well, played professionally uh, seven years in the NBA, also in Spain under Popovich as well. There might be a chance that he stays with the Sixers just simply because I think they could fire Brett Brown this offseason. So that's something mm-hmm. to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, other names are like Darvin Ham, current lead assistant under Mike Budenholzer. Uh, Paul Silas Jr., current lead assistant under Rick Carlisle. And the more one that has a lot more experience as far as being a head coach and having some success as coaching a team into the playoffs is Kenny Atkinson, who again had a good hand in developing young players in the nets. Uh, for me, I really like, like I said, Becky Hammond and then Darvin Ham. I want to get a little more into Darvin Ham. He has a lot of great basketball experience on different levels. He was with the New Mexico Thunderbirds, a G- NBA G League team. Uh, he ha- he's been in different roles with them, assistant coach, head coach, eventually became a GM, has sat under uh, Pop, I believe, as well. He's sat under uh, as an assistant under, like I said, Mike Budenholzer. So he- he's been a guy that a lot of people that are also talking about. So I think those two guys, people, and and all these names really, to me, wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with any one of these names I just mentioned, to be honest. How do you think... The, the, and I don't mean to sound like a chauvinistic or sexist pig when I say this, but how do you think the NBA would react to their first woman head coach? Look, I think I think players would would listen to her. They would they if you look at this. I know fans amongst will will say bad things about the WNBA and things like that, but you look at the players. They all respect WNBA players. They respect them as professionals. And she's proven herself to be a knowledgeable, high IQ player. And she's proven herself as a lead assistant under one of the main assistants under uh, on the Spurs. And there's been many situations on the bench when there's like reviewing a play because something happened on the court. Where she goes to pop and said, "We need to review this because I saw it. This this how it went down, and they review it, and then and it gets turned over. I, I saw, I've seen that happen, and again, like I said, I've seen her coach, uh, on uh, at times where she's where, where the players are very engaged when she's coaching, 
And again, like I said, you you read that player uh, player Tribune article by Pau Gasol and the level of respect a future Hall of Famer and Pau Gasol has for her. I I don't see it as being an issue. I really don't. I think it might be an issue for certain fans that are are projecting. Maybe I don't know, but I don't see it being an issue amongst the players and them accepting her her tutelage. All right, so I know I agree. Salim, I know my 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 guy here, Angelo, has a few questions for you. I'm gonna let him spot them off real quick. How you doing, Salim? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so one question I had was. Now, obviously, with the new head coach and all these new pieces, GM and executive of basketball, who are two of the guys on the Bulls currently that realistically have a shot to be the main pieces on this team going forward? Because I had heard that Karnishevis was interested in trading everybody, that nobody was off the table. So I was just wondering who you thought the two guys on the team currently would be able to be those two key pieces. I mean, realistically, there's no untouchables on this team. There aren't. We, I like certain guys. I like. I would like to see what Kobe White can do under proper coaching. I like Zach Levine. He's a very great scorer. I think as a scorer, just as someone that can score, he can. You can argue he's a star at there. But there's other parts of his game that kind of hold him back from actually being a star overall. But he's right. a nice player. Wendell Carter Jr., nice young player. There's potential to be a two-way player. Lowry has been disappointing last season. I think there was a mix of issues with him and also with the way he was being used under Boylan. So they're nice pieces, no doubt. But I wouldn't say anyone's untouchable in a situation if uh, Karnishavis wanted to make a trade, he would do so. But I don't think he will right now. I think what's going to happen, I would be kind of surprised if he made a major trade. Maybe trading like guys like Thad Young and um, Tomas Sadoransky, maybe stuff like that you'll see. But sure. I think more so he's going to hold on to them, bring in a coach, see what they do under this new coach, and then eventually at that point make a decision on moving guys that may not fit long-term into his vision and his plan. Sure. And then one more that I had for you, um, free agency. Who are some guys that, you know, I know AD's out there, but other guys like that that realistically the Bulls could look to bring in to maybe either A, help this young group of guys, or B, maybe take this team to the next level? You know, this. so AK recently did an interview with the media, and he mentioned he wants to look at adding one or two pieces. I don't think right now it's a realistic to look at a guy like AD to think that he would want to come here. I know there's rumblings that he's not happy with playing with LeBron, but I still think that it, it would be pretty a far-fetched idea to think that he would come here. I think you would probably want to look at more low-level players. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really looked at the free agent market as of now, sure. and I do apologize about that, so I don't want to just, you know, make things up. Uh, but <laughs> I get it. No, so yeah, I, I would think that he'll probably they have the Bulls have the uh, mid-level exception, which is I want to say about it, it all depends on what their cap projects out to because again, loss in revenue will change the numbers on that. But right now, it projects to about nine million or so. So I think he'll use that and try to add a player or two that can contribute next season in some sure. way. 
and focus on developing some of these young players that we have. Right. So the, um, go ahead, Angela. I apologize. Well, man. I have go one ahead. more, Mike. No, that's okay. Um, have you been uh, following like the the draft? I'm assuming you have, and you know who do you think is a player that the Bulls should kind of focus on going after in the draft this year? There's a couple of guys that I really like. Um, I know, I know, Mike's not too high on a guy like Lamelo Ball. Nope. But he, he's he's <laughs> one of those guys that is. I, I, recently, we the, we 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 have routine uh, a guest that comes on our show, uh, Corey Tulliba, uh, at his his Twitter handle is at Hardwood Herald. I recommend checking him out. He does a lot of draft breakdowns. He compares Lamelo Lamelo Ball to a freestyle rapper. So the talent is there, and what that means by that is the talent is there. If you ask, hey, go up there and, and, and rap really quick and you know beat your opponent, he'll do that. But there's a difference between rapping and performing, right? When you look right. at a performer, you have to engage the crowd. It, it's more refined and just more there's more refined skill and 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 translating your play into winning. That that's the key difference and. He's a guy that has a high potential. I would take the risk with him because I think he could be, if he if he hits on everything, I think he could be like a bigger Trey Trey Young. Nice. Now, That's what would that do for Kobe White? For a guy like Kobe White, Kobe, it's kind of right now it looks more like a combo guard. You can still keep him and have him play off of Kobe, like Kobe play off of him as a sure. as like a like a, a two a combo guard two uh, player. That's a type of player. And Lamelo right now has he's probably his, his strongest asset is definitely ball handling and as a passer, and his biggest weakness is definitely like the awareness, like I talked about. Like he's he's kind of all over the place in that regards. Uh, other players that I really that kind of you can look at is like Anthony Edwards. He's in that t- top tier. Uh, another guy I like that is. Kind of rising in the boards is uh, Denny Aveja. He's an Israel uh, player, a European player overseas. I would say he is like a high floor player for sure. And I think if he has the intangibles to put it together, he could be a really good player in this league as well. And there's guys like James Wiseman. I know if you guys, I'm sure, have heard mm-hmm. of him where he was eligible in Memphis. But he's a very athletic, big I know right now Bulls have a lot of bigs, but I mean, if you really look at them, get the if, if let's say if AK they do AK and Eversley they do their uh, you know combine to do reviews and everything, and they see a, he's just too good of a player to pass up. It doesn't really matter if you, if it's not a need necessarily. You take the best player, so he definitely has that potential to be a really great player. And 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 there's another guy like Killian Hayes can be a, a, a multiple positions player, a lead ball handler. Um, you know, he, he's a wing too. So that kind of helps fills the need. So guys like Killian Hayes and Denny of Asia, uh, like I said, they fill a need on, on the wing. On, sure. on the current roster, Salim, who's, who's the guy that needs to take the next big step? Is it Zach Levine? Is it Kobe White? Who, who's the guy that needs to take the next big step for this team to be actually decent again? I mean, realistically, so we were expecting Lowry to be that right. guy, and that could still happen. Maybe he does. I mean, I my expectations have been a little lowered as far as thinking he could be an an, an all star. 
Um, at this point, maybe we'll see. I think the biggest things with him are he needs to work on like his footwork. A lot of times he he can't create for himself, I think, because of that. When he gets a ball in the post, in the high or low post, he has issues. When, like even if a guard is on him, he has issues not, uh, uh, backing a guard down. And I think that has, has more to do with his feet than his strength. In is my like, opinion, like goofy Dumbo feet out there. What's going on here? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's not easy. Like footwork, having like elite level footwork, like that's it's not it's not about him being clumsy. It's just a skill set. It's just a skill level that you have to develop, and that's something I don't know if he focuses on that kind of stuff in the off season. Maybe he focuses more on like strength conditioning and shooting and things like that. Um, who knows what he or exactly those intricacies if he's working on those type of things. And I think that's what he needs to do. Maybe he is. I don't know. But I, but just from my experience when I'm seeing him out there, another guy I like to see the Bulls really develop, I think they mismanage him and how they use him is Wendell Carter Jr. Thank you. Right now, all they kind of, yeah. Right now, all they use him as, obviously, he's, we see him defensively. I think defensively, there's no question on who he right. is. Offensively, he can do more than he is being asked. And again, sometimes last season, it was his issues too, where he would not, he would refuse to take shots sometimes, like that mid range game. He would just refuse to do it when he was wide open. And other times, it was, I think it was also coaching, just saying, never shoot that shot uh, type of situation. I think they need to have him take more three pointers. He has that skill set. And coming out of college, I mean, granted, it wasn't a very high volume, but he still shot 42% at Duke at the college three. So he shows that he has the potential to develop that shot still. So I think he has he has the ability to be a really good two-way player, and I would love to see the Bulls try to develop that and not mismanage it going forward. And again, yeah, Kobe White too. When you look at guards in today's league, the the way that Kobe can score, handle the ball, I think he ain't shown potential last year as being a better defender than how he started his rookie season. He started reading off the ball better. He started doing picking those little things up, and I think it'd be good to see him develop. And maybe maybe you never know. Maybe he does turn into all star. I don't. It's hard to say right now because he, we haven't seen a bigger big enough sample size with him. So, yeah, those are some of the players that I'm looking at, and I'm like, okay, maybe we can see more out of these guys. So, real quick, Celine, before we cut you on loose, where does where does this team sit right now? I mean, I understand that, that, that we still need a head coach and yada, yada, yada. But as of right now, this roster as it sits, can this team be a playoff team? I don't want to cop out, and I, they can I didn't have them making the playoffs last year just because I, I just had so many question marks, uh, especially with the Jim Boylan right. situation. I was I was one of the people that were very nervous about going to season with Jim Boylan as the head coach, and I just didn't have faith. And it, it turned out much worse than I, even I expected. And, I, and my expectations were low as is. <laughs> so... It all depends on, on, let's say, the coach they get. You see some of these younger guys take a developmental step forward. Maybe we'll see them battling for that eighth seed. Because right now, I mean, you don't see a lot of teams in the East that are locking away that that eight you know, seed. I mean, Magic, they had a good game yesterday starting out, but they're still kind of a team that can be inconsistent. So, I mean, the Wizards, 
I don't know how good they'll be. Detroit is another team. I think Charlotte's another team that's right in that area uh, that could potentially be, you know, I don't know what, what route they'll go to. Probably Charlotte probably would be a better than better than Detroit for sure. But I think the Bulls, they could have the potential to be in the competition and at the cusp of making the playoffs. But, yeah, it, it all depends on what you see, who you hire, and what development we see and uh, from some of these young players that they take another step forward. Is that the max, though? Is that the max that you see this roster being is an eight seed? The match I see this roster, if everyone hits, is I, th- I think a second-round playoff team. I don't see – there's no superstars on this team. In my opinion, right. I do not see a superstar, so I do not see a team that could contend. I, could, I see a team – we're missing that one guy that could put us over the top, your, your Kawhi Leonard's, your yes. Giannis Antetokounmpo's, Antetokounmpo's, your – even you're like a Damian Lillard like a top 10 player. There's no one on this roster that, that I don't think that can be that good. So yeah, to me, I think if everyone develops and hits, I think it's like a second round, you know, a team that gets the second round is exciting. It's a fun team to watch, fun team to root for, but you're not really talking about championships. Do they have the juice to land a top 10 player? Today, I don't think so. But again, it all depends on when you when you change your entire front office, you change perception around the league. Maybe guys like Zach can become an all star. Maybe it becomes attractive. Like look at what the Nets did. Mm-hmm. You had the same kind of situation. They were kind of a laughing stock. They had very little to work with. I think the Bulls actually Kornishovis is taking over a much better situation than the Nets uh, GM when he took over because they had no first right. round picks. They had not even the, the talent that on the roster that the Bulls have, they didn't even have that. So, like the young talent I'm talking about. So, if AK is as good as we think he is, like the things he's done with, he's been credited a lot for drafting guys like Jokic, being in the room. And, and influence in drafting Michael Porter Jr., developing these guys, getting these guys in, and, and, and a hand in what Denver's done. Yeah, I think being in a big market, then at that point, you could say, yeah, the Bulls will be attracted to other stars that want to win. They want to come and join other players that are good and be in a big market. But as of now, it's just hard to say for sure that we would or not. All right, Salim. Well, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Cannot wait to have you back on here shortly again soon, as soon as basketball keeps it going. Who's your pick for the finals, man? I said Clippers. I'm rooting for Clippers mostly because I want to see our guy, Joakim, get a ring. Yeah, yeah that would be Joakim How, how great would that be? I love, I yeah. love Joakim. So, in my dream, I, and honestly, my dream finals would be uh, Clippers versus the Heat because then you get Jimmy Butler in there, too. So... In the end, whoever wins, and you're happy either way because I'm 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 still a big Jimmy Butler fan. I love that guy still to this day. I know a lot Jimmy of people uh, don't like Jimmy as much now. A lot of Bulls fans, for whatever reason it is, one reason or another, but I'm still a big Jimmy Butler fan. So that that would be my dream final scenario. But I'm thinking it's gonna be as of now. It's probably gonna be the Clippers and the Bucks. That's my guess as of now. All right, all right. So you're taking the Clippers, right? 
Yes, I'm I'm taking the Clippers. I not only because of Joaquin, but I I had them. I picked them to win it all when the season came started, and I I'm thinking that's going to come about uh, once the final final everything is said and done. All right, all right. I'm going to hold you to it. If the Clippers win it, we're going to bring you back on. If the Bucks win it, we'll bring you back on. If anything basketball related happens, we'll bring you back on. Yes, sir. Right. Well, Angelo, Salim, thanks for coming on. Thanks for I appreciate thanks it, for my coming friend. Out. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Take care, guys. Later. Have a good night. You too. Hey, guys, again, you could follow Salim at Jordan Dynasty, and you can find him at Bulls Gold Podcast. They are amazing over there. They have a great podcast. I listen to those guys all the time. Really, really good stuff from those guys. And I, Angelo, I appreciate him coming on this night, man, talking Bulls. I fucking hate Jim oh, Boylan, sure. dude. Yeah, it was a. It, I hated uh, I, I, the last. You're flabbergasted. You're like Jim Boylan trying to coach I, a bench. Yeah, man. It's just it, like I said. The, the last four f- years have just been so bad. It's it was hard to find anything positive about this team, and then they finally start making these changes. And I don't know about you, man, but I love watching when the Chicago Bulls were good. You know, I was still too young when Jordan and Pippen were playing. I was only around five. But when Noah and Rose and and Dang Boozer. and the bench mob, man. When, yeah, when they got when they got that United Center going, man, and people were just going nuts and they were competitive every night, it was just must-see for me, man. And And I got those feelings of, like, really good optimism going forward, hoping that – that can kind of come back here pretty soon. I'd love for it too, man, because nothing well, – let me tell you something, man. Chicago sports, when the sports are good, the town is on fire. Okay, when the yep. Blackhawks are good, it's all it is is Blackhawks talk. When the Cubs are good, that's all it is is Cubs talk. If the Sox are good, that's all it is is Sox talk. And if the Bulls are good, it's nothing but so- uh, Bulls talk. And it, that's the thing. We haven't had that in a long time. I look at all these other cities, the cities that have been so fortunate over the years – like like Boston with a Stanley Cup and all the fucking NFL championships with the Patriots and then the Red Sox winning a few. And I was like, shit, man, I would love to see that kind of happen in Chicago here. Where you I mean we had three out of six with the with the with the Hawks, the Cubs won one and it's been a standstill on the Bears end and a standstill on the Bulls end. Both of those teams are yep. fucking lacking and they need to step up their game to where they can bring some more championships to the city of Chicago. Yep, I agree. All right, so really quick, Angelo, we're getting towards getting close to the end of the show. We're going to play some Today in Sports History, my man. All right. Today in Sports History. All right, so today in sports history, we have a bunch of stuff. In 1957, the New York Giants vote 8-1 to one to move their franchise to San Francisco in 1958. <clears throat> in 1965, the Cincinnati Reds pitcher Jim Maloney throws his second no-hitter of the season in a one nothing win over the Chicago Cubs. In 1969... Cub Ken Holtzman no hits the Atlanta Braves three to nothing. In 1988, New York Rangers sign ex-Canadian great Guy Lafleur. 
1995, Mike Tyson returns to the ring and DQs Peter McNeely in the first round when Peter McNeely's corner stops the fight. And in 1997, New York Yankee third baseman Wade Boggs pitches a scoreless inning against the Anaheim Angels. And that is today in sports history. Angelo, my friend, not too much going on this on this day today in sports history. There's a lot of stuff going on, but a lot of it's Olympic stuff with Mike Phelps. Not yep. saying it, 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 it's not any great feat, but we've had we oh, had a lot a, yeah. a lot of Olympics over the past <laughs> couple of weeks. Not today in sports history. I kind of wanted to change it up with some some high hitting notes. Some good stuff there, though, man. How about yep. how, how about the New York Giants voting eight to one? Nine members, nine board members. Move their franchise, the New York Baseball Giants, to move them to the San Francisco Bay Area in 1958. That's nuts, man. Yeah, that's such a far move. That's yeah, it's like three thousand miles. <laughs> it's the furthest you could really yeah, go. You can't go any further you know? in the continental United right. States, right? Right. You know, you, you think, oh well, we moved uh, from Iowa to Chicago or <laughs> Chicago to Indianapolis, and but they went from one coast to the other. They just were like, we're out of here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that really that really got me this week, and I, as I was searching stuff in today in sports history, was the Mike Tyson returning for the Peter McNeely fight coming out of prison. And, dude, he beats Peter McNeely's ass, bro. And it led me out. I got I got sucked in. I got sucked in. I really did, Angela. I got I got time sucked by watching Mike Tyson knockout videos over like the next hour. Just watch him just completely yep. destroying people in like a minute and a half and under. He's unbelievable, man. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see him fight. Roy Jones Jr. It'll be Who interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, Tyson, yeah. I think. He just looks in phenomenal yeah. shape. How old is he, like 52? He's going to yeah, fucking man. roll Roy Jones, dude. Yes. It's not yes. even going to be fair. He looks, he looks like... The Tyson of old, his body, yeah, it's a little older, but man, he just looks like muscular and just ready to to go. I think he, I don't even think it's gonna be close. How awesome would it be if Tyson comes out and knocks out Roy Jones Jr. in thirty seconds? I don't know if people would know what to do. The place would kind of go like nuts. Roy Jones you know? ain't no schlub because that would just be right, but that would just be like typical Tyson. You know what I mean? He just come in, do work, and then go. You know, get paid for Come in, punch your teeth in, and grab a check. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yep, yep. Don't punch a clock. Punch a face. Exactly. And then he's out. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So you guys know what that is. We we don't have a winner tonight in the chat. I didn't see one, Angelo. Did you? I did not either. So that question will carry on over till next week. So maybe we can let that one slide a little bit, and maybe you and I can actually enjoy some firehouse subs. Yeah, we got we got a couple <laughs> we got a good. couple wrong questions wrong answers in the chat, but nobody got the yep. winner. So maybe you and I can go split that, Angela, with a dinner date. We'll meet midway. Yeah. We'll meet in Rockford. Sound like a plan? Yeah, yeah, we'll meet. Yeah, we'll meet. We'll meet. At the <laughs> yeah, we'll meet at the border. Well, I'm going to be up there this weekend. We'll, yeah, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm, I forgot. We're yeah. going to Wisconsin. We'll we're Wisconsin bound. The old lady and I. We yep. are Wisconsin bound. We are going to Lake Geneva and hanging out and fishing, boating, doing what we got to do, and having some fun. I'm really excited for that yeah. trip, man. I'm going to turn my phone off. And eating some firehouse subs. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to be splitting a firehouse yep. sub on a, on a yacht, boats and hose yep. style. That's what we're going to do. That's right. But, yeah. That's right. With that, guys, you know that you guys know after, after today in sports history, it's near and close 
to the end of the show. And with that comes our shout-outs for the show. I'd like to thank everybody in the chat room for coming in and joining us tonight. We had actually quite a bit of guys in there. At one point, Angelo, we had quite a bit of listeners in there. It was really nice. I'm sure a yeah. lot of these guys are going to download again, too. We had some little... Good conversation. Yeah. Good conversation. I would love to thank Dan Samborski and Salim coming on with us, talking uh, talking some baseball statistics, talking some Chicago Bulls basketball. We did have a little bit of Blackhawks talk. We did have some Cubs and Sox talk. We are getting to it. We are getting to it. Next week, we got another great show. We have J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago and my old friend, my old pal, Mr. Greg Braggs Jr. coming on with us. So that should be fun, too. It should be a good time, Angela. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for next week, too, man. These have been really good. I've been, I'm loving the talk we're getting out of these guests. Yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be good. Next week is going to prove to show that, you know, hey, we do get some pretty big-name guests around here. You know, Braggs, yeah, he's carrying right. his own weight. J.J. Stankovic doing more than his fair share of work. Going to talk a lot of Bears next week, guys. So make sure you guys are ready. Finally, We're gonna talk some bears. Well, they haven't been, they haven't been, you know, doing shit. NFL's been slacking, right. man. I know. NFL's I been know. slacking. I can't wait to talk quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Brax is the guy wait. to talk to. Uh, uh, my <laughs> yep. vote is in for the Jugs Machine. That's, that's who I want to see be our starting <laughs> yep. quarterback. Is the Jugs Machine? I think it's called the M30. M as in Mickey Mouse. M30 Jugs Machine. It throws a football up to 75 <laughs> miles an hour. I think that's our best bet for starting quarterback this year, Angelo. Yeah, or maybe Matt Nagy. Yeah, one of the one two. Of the two. One of the two. <laughs> so, but on that note, guys, the shout-outs. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Thank you guys for hopping in the chat. Thanks to Firehouse Subs for providing Angelo and I our own gift card for a change. Sweet Pete, <laughs> we'll offer the same question next week. And, guys, thank you so much. we got to end it with a sad song but a nice song, Angelo. This goes out to my Chicago Blackhawks. I love you guys. Figure out what the fuck you guys are doing. You guys got to get this team right and got to get it going. (laughs) Angelo, I will see you next week, my friend, everybody in the chat. Thank you so much. Downloaders, like, subscribe, do what you got to do. Make sure you follow Angelo at at SportCourtAC, at SportCourtAC. Make sure you follow me, Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Shout out. Really? Oh shit! I forgot. Shout out to our fantasy guy at Demouse Fantasy, Tyler Demouse. He had a nice show this last past weekend, talking all your top tens and sleepers and all that stuff. Make sure you follow him as well. And a big shout out to Twelve Fifty Two Sports. I'm gonna wrap this up, or I'm gonna start. I'm gonna have the Emmy music, the 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 the, the jukebox it. <laughs> yeah. So, but you guys have a great weekend. We will talk to you guys next week, Angelo. I'll see you, my friend. Mike, Take care. I will talk to Peace. you later.